I I am slingshot back in time <laughs> to that image of the Democrats doing. Yeah, I, they're all kneeling down. I can't believe they did that. Yeah, and nobody called it racist. Who matters? Like we called it racist. We called it insane. Like that was fucking insane. Yeah, I can't believe that happened. See, this is where the post left was actually, you know, on the ball at the time because they all changed to koofy cap, koofy caps because of that. Remember, they yeah. all changed their profile pictures to koofy caps because it was so yeah. ridiculous, a ridiculous thing. Nancy Pelosi has proved that if you're hot, you can get away with anything. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> There's this reductress article that is titled that, but it's Ted Cruz. It's like, if you're ridiculously hot, you can get away with anything. Yeah. Ted Cruz living proof. Yeah, Ted Cruz living proof. If you're ridiculously hot, you can get away with anything. It's got like a picture of him. It's like they. Very mediocre picture. Yeah. He's got. He's cute now. He can be, depending on what what he's doing. Anyway, sorry. His beard was good. I don't mind a little. Hustle. Yeah, he's got a good beard. Yeah, I like his beard. When he doesn't have the beard, he is like a fucking. No, he's frightening. Weird little <laughs> gremlin man. <laughs> I thought he was pretty. Big. Isn't he like a tall guy? He's like a husky guy. Yeah, but his face—it yeah, really is gremlin esque. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have the 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 scruffy. When, when when yeah when you when you've got Ted Cruz in in mid um mid beard growth you just call him a mid yeah he's a mid Uh, very tied to Tibet, I think, because I think yeah. the fundamental the fundamental thing about this whole unfortunate, tragic thing is that uh, people are saying people are defending self-immolation as valid. People are saying that, well, it's Buddhist, so it's okay. Buddhists do this to raise attention about important issues. It's a very selfless, compassionate act, and that stuff, all those talking points, come from. Uh, the anti-communist protests in Tibet, which are um, not condemned by the Dalai Lama. Yeah. And these these uh, self-immolations in Tibet are used as kind of a cudgel in the West to say that, oh, well, look how bad China is. All these people are self-immolating themselves. Chi- therefore, China is bad. Yeah. And, and the other, I think the big... The thing that sticks out for me whenever this is brought up, the uh, the whole idea that China is so bad for Tibet is that there aren't really a lot of people in Tibet that want full independence from China. In yeah. terms of like polling back in 2012, I think it was. No, sorry. It was right after riots in 2008 that were going on there. It was a poll that the Tibetan government did that showed that only 29% of people there wanted independence, where uh, there's a plurality of people, 49%, that uh, did not want 
independence from China. They were they were happy with it. Since then, uh, and by 2021, uh, the average income has gone up 400% in Tibet. Yeah. Like people are in a significantly better position. Like even the New York Times acknowledges that the standard of life there is much, much higher even since then. And that's obviously not when China first occupied Tibet. Um, the population has tripled since 1964. Yeah. Uh, it is, it's not like a genocide is not like an oppression. Um, like the New York times still portrays it as they don't have their freedoms, but like, I, I, they don't go into how they don't have their freedoms at all. They just say, you know, some vague things about how they're treated and all that, but the standard of living has gone up. The income has gone up 400%. And I, I would guess that, uh, the numbers that were, that were taken, directly during this this sort of time of high conflict in Tibet. Um, I would guess that they're probably lower now. I'd guess that even less people want independence now because again, incomes, like one of the big things that people like is being able to pay for food and housing. Yeah, yeah I mean, material freedom is like how we look at it, right? Is, you know, materialists is a, material freedom and and wealth and abundance is what that's that's where freedom comes from and yeah and the argument yeah, i think economic security they yeah. try to use is like no you don't have freedom of thought is like they try to it's like a, a i think i think it's like a they, they they roll it into like a religious thing like oh they're not allowed to express how they want to live in their religion and perform their like things yeah um and it's really easy to do that because there's no way for them to operationalize what suppression of that freedom of thought is mm -hmm. and the anti-communist rhetoric in the west is so pervasive that they don't really need evidence for that yeah just kind of say oh well they're they're suppressing their thought life there's people self-immolating there right yeah Right. Yeah. And, and, and as far as I know, that's, a, that's sort of like the reason why they promote these things is because they try to make it seem like they're being persecuted by, um, by the Chinese Communist Party right. is uh, they're being, you know, oh, how dare they like raise their living standards, you know, they're, yeah. you know, it's like what? Right. And you look at like the, the they lived in serfdom until the, the yeah came in there when you say they you mean in tibet, in tibet yeah they, yeah. they lived yeah. it was a certain they lived a surf like a, a fiefdom uh, yeah the dalai lama who was driven from the country uh by the chinese when they they took it over um i think the meta just the, the meta forces here are that uh buddhism is used as an anti as a, a counterbalance to communism in asia uh, and in the West too, I think, uh, but especially in Asia. I mean, there's a lot of evidence that uh, the United States funded and pumped money into um, Buddhist institutions in Asia um, during the Cold War. And uh, if you look at, um, you know, specifically looking at Tibet, uh, you can see that, you know, like the declaration of genocide in, in the 60s, that was done by an NGO that was funded by the CIA. I mean, that's just, that's just proven information. Um, it was called the International Co Commission of Jurists. 
Um, yeah, sound like a conspiracy <laughs> they always come theorist. up with shit like that. It's <laughs> always like the International Commission on great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's the International Commission on freedom, justice, and also making things good in Tibet. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is from a book called People Who Count, Population and Politics, Women and Children. Um, and this was a book from 1985 that said that, you know, this declaration that a genocide was happening came from a group, an NGO um, created by the CIA, whose purpose was disseminating anti-communist propaganda. We can just, <laughs> we can just see like the, the meta here that Additionally, with, with this uh, this case of this person self-immolating, that the, the giving up on growth and giving up on humanity, giving up yeah. on the, the, the belief that humans can overcome anything um, in favor of this, this uh, doomer ideology, um, which seems to overlap with, with Buddhism in many cases. Um, I mean, that's, that's the meta. That's, that's why Buddhism seems to be a very powerful anti-communist force. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think, um, you know, there's part of their religion believes in uh, reincarnation. And, I, you know, I've heard Caleb talk about this many times where it's sort of the, um, it, it gives a good excuse for, you know, maintaining class society oh, well, you're living, um, you are who you are now because you're, you know, paying for your previous sins in your past life. Like you reincarnated into a poor person or a worker or a serf because you were bad in your past, your past life, or you're yeah. now you're a Dalai Lama, or you now you're, you know, rich because you did good things in your last life. So the, it's like the whole structure of, you know, this ideology is that you have to just accept where you are. And I think that's where it kind of um, overlaps with this, like looking inward. Don't try to change anything around you. Just accept everything around you the way that it is. Don't try to change it. Just change who you are <laughs> and look inward. Yeah. And, right. um, and oh. yeah, I mean, yeah, go on. Uh, I was just going to say it's exactly why um, it, it reminds me of, Jordan Peterson's yeah. solutions being probably fine for people to optimize their mental health, probably good at like an individual, like microcosmic psychology, right? Uh, but yeah. not good to apply to a societal structure, yeah. which is the mistake that Jordan Peterson makes. It's the mistake that people in 12-step fellowships make. It's the mistake that individuals subscribing to this Buddhist belief system as a conduit for revolutionary change or societal progress. It's the mistake that they make too. I think it's that application of individual solutions to life's problems yeah. as being relevant to handling systems. And yeah. It's just not materially sound. I think it's interesting in that it, it also sort of bring you brought up Jordan Peterson and that sort of opens up the self-help can of worms. Um, mm -hmm. When you start talking about what like the application here is in terms of this very individualistic solution, 
there's a reason why they call them self-help gurus. It's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's downstream of, of Buddhism. Is it not? Oh yeah. Is that, but like, is that right? I'm pretty sure. Or did you just make, know. did you just like think of that? <laughs> yeah, I did. That I'm gonna I'm gonna verify right, that, but I don't know enough about Buddhism to dispute it. Well, but I mean, remember that movie with Mike Myers called The Love Guru, which was kind of like a, a parody of self help a little bit, and everybody thought it was racist as hell. I do remember that, but <laughs> I was like too young to understand what was going on. <laughs> Guru in Hinduism and Buddha, Buddhism, a spiritual oh. teacher, especially one who imparts initiation. That's so interesting. Self-help guru. Wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, so, so really like self-help is, is, is all about the self, obviously. Like it's all about what you can do in your life to make yourself feel better. It's not about changing the situation around you. It's not about talking about what could possibly be affecting you. In fact, they encourage you not to do that. Um, they encourage you not to talk about the environment and the systems around you. And they turn, encourage you to think of it from the perspective that this is about your output rather than society's input. Um, and I feel like that that is a really big component here because again, like we said this earlier, um, it's kind of a logical conclusion of that is, is ultimately like, okay, well, I'm thinking about environmentalism I'm thinking about what I can do as an individual. And I'm thinking about that as like the prime vehicle for me to express my political views as well as make change in the world. Like you really can't come up with another conclusion than- Other than to kill yourself. It, yeah. If you well, think like, that there should be less, less demand on the planet, that's well, like, the way to do it. They put, out, they put out all these tests now where you can like, like, find out what your carbon footprint is and you like put in all these like metrics and of course it's like how much meat do you eat how often do you like take tra public transportation all the yeah. like all that you know normie stuff and then like the final thing is like like do you really want to decrease your footprint no kill yourself that's like the ultimate <laughs> reducing your you know <laughs> reduce all the carbon you're a carbon-based life form just neutralize all of it that's like it really is like that final like this is the final thing you can do right and also i i think there's this uh thing with it where to truly live in a buddhist way which is like in right relationship with the yeah. earth and everything's organic and regenerative and all that if, for, for humanity to live like that we could only support a population of five to ten million people where <laughs> If you truly, if you were to extrapolate that to the entire human population, we would have to have a die-off of billions of people mm. in order to live in a like back in our roots as like hunter-gatherer, you know, small farms, small right. bands of people um, who who need a large area of land to forage yeah. in, in order to get enough calories. Right, because it's only because of agriculture and then, you know, the industrial revolution and socialized production that we've been able to like accommodate so many mm -hmm. people. Right. And that, I think that's probably part of the hopelessness and the, I mean, people, I, let me know if you've heard this term, like there's this buzzword called climate grief. Have you heard this? I have heard that, no, but I've never it, really- It makes me want to- <laughs> It makes, it gives you grief. 
climate grief makes you feel I, very buddhist yeah it makes you it makes me want to um really contribute to the climate cause in yeah, the best possible like the ultimate way. sacrifice yeah yeah i mean this is going to be the hot new ngo buzzword this is like the oh new my thing. fucking god they're seeing it themselves is that the result of these like I, we're on 50 years now of of this population bomb small yeah. beautiful uh, zero population growth, like limits to growth stuff. We're, we're we're on 50 years of it now, and they're seeing the psychological effects yeah. on generations of people, and they're calling it, they're diagnosing it as climate grief, when in reality it's it's a uh, a death of the imagination and a death of of the belief yeah. in humanity. Um, but they're they're medicalizing it as climate grief, and it's something where it's like oh. We have to we have to address you know how people how people feel about this after they're told all day that you know they're a blight mm. on on the earth and that they're like they're they're not good enough and they're not they're not good enough to cause change to happen. It's Wait, really so with people. is climate grief the the doomerism that we're talking about and saying it exists, or is climate grief like? what people experience when they see how bad the state of climate is and like that we have to do something i think it's i think it's both okay i think it's kind of it's kind of nebulous right now but it, it sounds to me like it's kind of the person who they would put that label on is probably the person who would be um talking like either of those two viewpoints I almost think that like, it's probably, I mean, the, the term itself, climate grief implies like grieving the environment as it's quote unquote dying, um, which is also a really final sounding thing. Like if we're grieving the planet, then like the, the war has been lost, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, I think it describes kind of the, the true believers who mm -hmm. will watch whose whose news feeds are filled with images and videos of Greta Thunberg and Extinction mm -hmm. Rebellion protesters and you know videos of of uh you know oil seeping into to rivers and stuff like that and these people are just they're being psychologically tortured yeah. every day yeah it, it yeah. really is I'm I was looking up the guy's profile the guy who who uh immolated on Thursday so I looked up when when Bruce's Facebook profile and every single post about him, even just like other people talking about him, every every time he came up in a post, Facebook put like an automatic like little notice about climate change on the post too. So like Ooh. Facebook's already like assigning this guy with like an opportunity to to talk about you know, put out Some the message. People are going to fucking kill themselves thinking that this is going to be helpful. Mm. I mean, ho I hopefully not. not. Yeah. yeah. I hope they are. That, that, that's exactly what I mean, the, yeah, the it's media kind of... was avoiding. And no, Facebook is going to publicize your death. And it's going to be very important. They're going to give you a nice label. And it's going to change the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. It, it almost seems like they didn't report on it and they let some other freaks like, you know, talk yeah. about oh, you in demand it. That way they could take, you know, 
they could say, oh, no, it's not us. It's we're responding to what the people want. They want to talk about it. You know, I do feel like you're not wrong there. I feel that makes a lot of sense because obviously any kind of spectacle they want, that is how the media works. So they probably heard about this and probably didn't report on it for that reason. Bummed out. He had a cat. He had a cat. Yeah, his cat's just wondering what happened to him. Hopefully he made some arrangements for his cat. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm serious. Like, I I recently heard a song that was about, like, um, it was from the perspective of somebody's cat while, like, the their owner was an active addiction and it's like the saddest song i've ever heard oh. imagine that with like suicide that's horrible it's not suicide though yeah with yeah with the ultimate sacrifice yeah you know and that's like that's a point of like <laughs> i i call it suicide because that's what it is it is yeah. oh absolutely it is and they keep like, wanting to say oh it's not suicide but i think that that is like you know, people throw around like, oh, genocide denial. That's, that's suicide denial, you know? Yeah, absolutely. No, it is. No, 100%. 100% is. You know, the thing too is that this is, uh, in terms of the, the attention economy, yeah, self, a self-immolation, whether it was in the 60s or now, it is about going viral. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, like one of the Arab Spring um, uprisings. I'm not sure which one, but this is one of the, one of the, the talking points about self-immolation is that, well, there was a revolution in 2010 that happened because somebody self-immolated and then it went viral on Facebook. The media didn't report on it, but social media went crazy with it. And then the revolution happened. And the, 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 way, yeah, the way people are talking about this is like they've removed the humanity from this person and he's just yeah. used as as something where, oh, I agree with, I want something to happen about the climate. So I want to amplify this and I don't want any, any, I don't want to think about anything else. I want to get what I want out of this. But it's the ultimate assumption that demand drives supply too. Well, yeah. It's just like, if I make a demand that gets enough attention, things have yeah. to change. Mm. And, and obviously like, it doesn't we obviously aren't going to accelerate or decelerate any climate technology based on um this guy's uh suicide yeah it's about going viral maybe you should have uh considered that for your car dealership job Mm. (laughs) that's it's yeah i mean you're just you're just making in jokes now well it it had to be brought up because sure. we, we love inside jokes we'd love to be part yeah. of one someday <laughs> well I, I worked at a car dealership once michael scott <laughs> i worked at a Went car dealership once yeah i did that's all right another inside joke but from a different perspective that's, yeah. that's um yeah. so i worked at a car dealership and the the owner of the car dealership had me start making videos for like selling these cars because uh, because he found out that I made YouTube videos and um, he was uh, an uh, basically an unspecified Eastern European guy 
And um, when he when he first asked me to make these videos, he goes, you can make videos for me. And I said, yes. He goes, can you make this car dealership go viral? <laughs> this must have been like 2010 or something. It was around then, yeah. <laughs> no, it was actually a couple of years later, but still. I need to make this car dealership go viral. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, so- yeah, I could have just burnt myself to death and sold a million cars. Oh yeah, God. just go out with a bang there. Yeah, I think probably one of the most interesting things that we were talking about when we were talking about this earlier was the idea that these self-immolators are kind of the whales of Buddhism. Yeah, um, they're like the Dalai Lama doesn't necessarily say like this is a good thing. You should do this stuff. Right. Uh, in fact, they say like, it's actually kind of against the teachings of Buddhism, but at the same time, they really don't do anything to say like, we shouldn't do this. In fact, there's probably uh, my guess is that there's sort of an unspoken well, they understanding. Sp- they specifically, he, his excuse for not the Dalai Lama's excuse for not condemning it is that he doesn't want to make the families feel bad afterwards. Yeah, which is, that's total bullshit. It is bullshit. Because if you think logically, Mr. Dalai Lama, you could be saving more future lives if you did condemn it. So, you know. (laughs) The other thing is, it's not going to be that hard to like, just make a quick distinction. Like, you know what? We thank everybody who did this prior, but we have to ask everybody not to do it anymore. Like, it's such an easy, like, you don't have to do a lot to make a statement that doesn't demonize the people that have already done it. It's not difficult, you know? Yeah. And, you know, he's not dumb. Like the Dalai Lama knows how, how they get power and how they continue to accumulate donations and new recruits and attention. And it's from these self immolations It's not, it's not from, Oh, we, you know, we're going to have a nice little meditation session. It's, these these things are are flashy and they they build power for um for their agenda which is ultimately to uh, reinstate uh serfdom and and a fiefdom in tibet and to you know or or to turn tibet into uh a colony for international finance either one as long as the chinese Mm -hmm. are involved Yeah. yeah and to take the the whale thing further it's the way that the Dalai Lama acts is very similar to the way that companies act like with microtransactions and the actual like term whale, which is referring to this tiny segment of mobile gaming, uh, play mobile gamers that are spending extraordinary amounts of money that are pretty much the majority of, like if you look in various studies, like you can go back 10 years, they say like microtransactions, there's, less than 1% of people doing 50% of the revenue for this. Yeah. There's a more recent one that came right out of uh, Apple's um, reporting on, on how people spend money, which is, it said that 1% uh, of their, 1% of their, uh, their user base um, does like 64% of their revenue. Right. Um, is the idea that like if you go fishing and you catch like one fish, if that one fish is a whale, like that's like a yeah, lot. exactly. 
And, you know, there's these studies that I'm referring to. There was one I was looking at earlier today. There was like, it tells you that it's very important that you seek out these high dollar customers. Whereas, I mean, that's like an internal report. Whereas the external view is that they're implementing safe policies and they're imp implementing like things to remind people not to get obsessed with this. And, and they add more checks in balance, like they make you put in your password more than once or do two-factor authentication every time you do a transaction in order to, to disincentivize it. They claim that they're doing things uh, to, to discourage this. And yet over the years, they make more and more money. Like, we have more and more of these people. They don't do, they don't just say like, hey, we need to stop this. This is obviously damaging to a small segment of people. There are people that get obsessed right. and do too much of this. Um, that to me, it, it sounds exactly like what the Dalai Lama is kind of saying about um, this small class of people. I think it's something like 160 people have done this self-immolating in Tibet over the last, I think, 10 years. And it's not like a massive number but of... It's a self-immolation whale. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're the whales of Buddhism. They're not necessarily, it's not necessarily that everybody doing Buddhism is like getting swept up in this insane right. hysteria. It's, it's alcoholic and addicts. Yeah, yes. And alcohol and drugs. Yeah, it's the same. It, it is kind of an addiction oriented behavior. Yeah. So is the, is the, the self-immolator like a net positive somehow for Buddhism in a, in a way or well, in yeah. a, way a whale? Well, well for at least the Tibetan state. Yeah. And generating that, that sort of controversy Tenshi, and attraction. Sympathy. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what it is? Donations. Like there's, yeah. there's, I'm sure they drive a large number of uh, donations for various NGOs probably very it i don't i don't the, know if there's the state exception is is capitalizing on vulnerable mental health of individuals yeah well, and, yes and and i guess like the outcome is like see how bad it is see how bad the chinese communist oppression is that people have yeah. come to this point where they self-immolate um which i think is it makes me think like okay so of all the people who self-immolate, most of them do it, who are, who do it are Buddhists and are doing it in Tibet, right? To yeah. protest against the Chinese communist government. Um, which brings me to the, like the guy who did it last week, he was doing it for the environment, right? Yeah. For climate change. Does, has anyone else ever done it for this reason? Like it just, Not that I'm aware of. There's something interesting there to me that like most people do it as like a protest against uh something <laughs> oppression against something Oppre rather than to support action right and so this thing that's normally an anti-communist protest is now like being used as a environmental protest so it's almost like i don't know environment environmentalism and anti-communism are using the same tactics yeah um yeah you know the other thing is that environment doing it for the environment you're literally prioritizing the environment over human beings or yeah like, that's like value judgment your message yeah you're saying my self-preservation is irrelevant it is not even kind of important 
compared to the climate, which is in a dire state. I have to make this large grand gesture that everybody has to pay attention to, even though they don't until like a week later, I guess. Yeah, I'll say I'll say this, like uh, all self-immolation is bad. I don't think anyone should do it. I agree. At least at least, you know, when when people are doing it for in the name of other people, like like in the 60s, I know they did it in Vietnam to protest the U.S., you know, the U.S. murdering tons of people there. Yeah. I mean, at least it, in the name of people, of humanity, um, hmm. that's one thing. But like to do it in the name of the environment is just, uh, I, I find I find the implications abhorrent. And I, I find it, I yeah. find it very sad that um, this person's decision is going to be exploited by, you know, all these forces in America and the West that prioritize the environment over human beings. And that's, I think that's the, the worst outcome of this whole thing. Yeah. I mean, other than his death, his death, obviously. The, the trickiest thing too, with the environmental movement is they try to make it seem like it is a pro, like they're, Oh, we have to protect our, you know, earth. Otherwise we're going to go and extinct. And right. They, they sort of flip it around to try to make it seem like they're like the pro yeah. humanity ones, which is yeah. why it's so in, insidious yep. and like hard to, to parse out, right. you know? That's right. what I was just going to say is yeah. the, the final message of this ideology is to preserve the environment at the cost of the organisms living in it. Hmm. Or I, I mean, I guess the human ones, which are in this especially the ones who can choose to make the ultimate less, sacrifice yeah less important yeah. well it's it's like saying uh oh you know burning oil is killing so many people you know we have to stop burning oil and then, and then the deaths will stop it's like no actually the oil is being burned to, to keep people alive yeah. right <laughs> and like if we stop burning oil tomorrow that's going to kill way more people way faster than the yeah. slow drip of like pollution i know is, yeah I that know. is hurting people. I was but. thinking about that the other day too, about you know that sign that somebody spray painted, like fossil fuels versus the people. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We have they have so thoroughly convinced people that like fossil fuels are killing people rather more so than keeping them alive. Like that, right, the net effect is is negative. Yeah, right. they don't think about the net effect at all. It's just like well, the air is accumulating more carbon in it and that is just death that's bad it's there's there's no like well this is happening to um feed people this is happening so that people have heat this is happening so that you know uh, to use your example that you like to go to alex the the dialysis machines are going because yeah. the fossil fuel is burning and it's not that the fossil fuel is doing what we want it to do we would ideally like to be relying on something that is clean but like you can't just say like we need to move over to this to some intermittent source of energy now uh because fossil fuel is the enemy it's not the enemy like tell that to somebody who would find out that like the machine that keeps them alive could potentially shut off at some point during the day or like somebody on a CPAP machine at night or something like that. Yeah. Or even if like just your lights are on or like your heat is on, you know, or whatever, yeah. your electricity is running. 
It's like, oh, I just want just enough fossil fuels just to keep my comfortable life going. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. like, where's the cutoff? You know, like just, I just want enough fossil fuels, just enough. It's like, <laughs> no, we just, you, we use fossil fuels for energy fossil and we can find, energy. we should find better options that are more efficient and we have we have an option that's more, yeah we already have an option that is a, super efficient right and it's been blocked ever since the you know environmental movement picked up in in the yeah. 70s isn't that a coinky dink <laughs> it's uh, funny that, yeah that nuclear that the energy fossil fuel companies been uh, get to make money off of fossil fuel yeah. which keeps people alive and instead of moving over to nuclear which would potentially uh bring down their profits <laughs> Uh, they they tell people that they should die. A fuel that's been called too cheap to meter. Yeah. 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 Well, but they the tell people that the alternative is not nuclear. Nu nuclear is bad. You're gonna you're gonna deal with with glowing sludge if you have that. It's yeah, gonna be in your it's river. Make you grow a head on your butt. Yeah. Yeah. I love The Simpsons, but they really kind of like, yeah, they, yeah. they fucked us on that one. To I thought I've been thinking about that increasingly lately. The yeah. fucking three eyed fish in The Simpsons. Yep. Yep. Oh, there's the, the ride at and, Universal too. And the evil capitalist, Mr. Burns, who owns a nuclear factory. You know, the yeah. Simpsons came later though. Like there hadn't been a, a nuclear plant hasn't been built since 1980 in the United States. True. Really? They, they came yeah, too late to, crazy? Uh, to do damage. I didn't know that. Yeah. Except for you were born oldie. Yeah, it is before <laughs> I was born. All of us. Yeah, uh, yeah it was because of uh, Three Mile Island happened in 1979. And then the movie, uh, and the movie China Syndrome came out that year too. And those were like the two biggest anti-nuclear events uh, in huh. the US. Yeah, mm. the, China, the movie, The China Syndrome, like weirdly predicted what was going to happen at Three Mile Island, right? Yeah. Like the same thing happened at Three Mile Island that happened in the movie, I think, or something very similar. Mm. And uh, Jane Fonda, who is like the star of that yeah. movie, she is, she is a, uh, you know, professional Malthusian. Yeah. She thinks there's yeah. too many people on the planet. Um, yeah. And it's funny too, because people think of her as a communist. People think of Hanoi Jane. Know, and it's like, sad. And I love Grace and Frankie. Yeah. Oh, well. So the Netflix show? Yeah. Well, and just like Pete, Pete Seeger too. Like he was yeah. communist. No, he was the same. But all these people turned into like the environmental movement turned all these people into like Malthusian hippies, like environmental Malthusian hippies. It's, it's Which crazy. renders them ineffective. It's, yeah. it's by design. It's a good ideology more, more for than making. Ineffective. It, yeah, it 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 renders them at, like actually very effective foot soldiers for anti-communism. Right. Yes, for, exactly. For capitalism. Yep. And and the thing is, uh, the more I think about it, you know, a, a lot of people talk about how Malthusianism is the ideology of wanting to actually kill a bunch of people. Um, like you can see it in like that post that Peter Buffett put up the. Uh, restless and uh what was it restless and relentless species uh, out of context something out like of that. context yeah yeah that that article it literally advocates for having the human population but like i don't know if i really think that the people at the top give a shit 
about how many people exist. I think that they know that if they get a bunch of people to think that we need to have the human population, uh, then the other half will just argue with those people forever. Hmm. I think, I think it's a way, uh, but to keep people I mean, divided. I think it, what's that? You think it's a way to keep people divided? I think that it could be uh, like, I think that's it's as plausible. Order. It's as plausible. So in, I've been, you know, writing my overpopulation documentary in the background while I've been editing the cancel culture one. And one of the things I've come to is that I think that either outcome really kind of works for them. Um, If we did half the human population and the demand went down, like they would still retain like the percentage of ownership that they retain, all of that would still be there and they'd have lesser demand. So maybe inflation would be less of a problem and their money would all be worth more. I don't know. Like there's, there's probably a situation where that works. And then there's also the situation where, again, what I just described happens, you have half the human population thinking, or maybe not even half, maybe a small portion of the human population thinking uh, we need to half the human population. And then everybody else not thinking that and arguing against that. And, and that becomes the main thing. Like, should we have less people? Should we have more people? That's not really the argument, though. The argument is, you know, what kind, what are we using to generate energy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, right. And the idea that the people on the top win either way, whether we have this, uh, this real like free speech debate about population or not, uh, the people on top are going to win either way because we're, we're ultimately not talking about uh, our class interests. Exactly. And that, that's exactly what it's about. Like, uh, whether or not they do reduce the population, the argument about reducing the population, um, it's very useful. Uh, it's very useful for it not to come to a conclusion. It's very useful for there not to be any, you know, hard material investigation into this. There's not, it's very useful for there to be ideology surrounding it where somebody, you know, just based on what their belief that they can put out, they can be the change they wish to see and burn themselves to death. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's convenient. It's all very convenient one way or the other. Hmm. Interesting. I've never thought about it that way that it's kind of just like a, it's a culture war kind of thing where it, it kind of works both ways though. Cause it, 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 if it played out the way that it sounds like it could play out, like, overpopulation concerns and Malthusianism. It's like if if the capitalist class actually was a bunch of cackling villains, like it could play out to their benefit if they succeeded that way. But if it doesn't play out that way, it, it could play out to their benefit that way too. Like it's kind of like they've created an ideology where they win regardless. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, they have the... Uh... The, pop, the model that they have too is that even if they don't succeed in reducing the population, which it doesn't seem like anyone really has a serious plan to reduce the population, yeah. other than the, the general idea that we're not going to have enough energy or we're not going to have yeah, enough food. The green austerity. Uh, yeah, the green austerity thing. Whether or not that works, the, the, the doomsday billionaires 
believe that, you know, who believe in limits, believe that, it, well, the population will keep going until it doesn't anymore. And there, yeah. will, be, there will be an actual collapse. And that, that, yeah, I guess that's the thing about the green austerity is like, it's, it's starting to seem like there's not really a serious plan to support the population as it is now, or the population, if it continues to expand, if there's not a serious plan, then there, there will be a collapse. Yes. There will not be enough food or energy. And that's a choice that we're making. I think I I can see what you're saying now is that like people, probably people like Peter Buffett think that they're, he's like helping because he's, he knows that like the ruling class doesn't give a shit either way, but that they're not planning on accommodating people. So he wants to sort of, um, he wants to cull us off in the most gentle way possible. I don't know. (laughs) He sees the collapse as inevitable. He's, He's foreclosed on the idea that, that it can be avoided, that it, that we can actually transcend, yeah, and actually grow, grow beyond what we can even imagine is possible. And then there's the flip side where you have like the oil companies who are pushing all of this green energy, like the solar panels and the the wind farms, um, who know that it 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 necessitates a base load, and like let's say no legislation, no real systemic changes of any kind actually force this green austerity, but everybody's sold on it as an ideology, then they're going to keep building these wind farms and these solar panels, and that's going to necessitate a natural gas base load, and they just win that way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's what you see play out very clearly with like green NGOs. There's people who believe that somehow wind and solar is magic and then there's the people who i think cynically realize that like no this isn't this is like a a natural gas play (laughs) and they're they're just doing this because they know the baseload they they actually understand the science that like the baseload is going to require fossil fossil fuels that they supposedly are opposed to but right that they can't have these intermittent sources without that yeah so it's sustaining a need for that forever and i yeah and i think the confusion between the two that like some people just don't understand that and other and think like that it's a viable solution and other people that other people are cynical who are cynical and there's like a confusion within that and hey maybe that will be the end of the the uh that's maybe that's the seed (laughs) (laughs) that will undo the uh the climate justice or environmental justice insane movement that is people acknowledging that its current movement for energy for alternative energy sources are dependent on fossil fuels is that what you're saying or or the or the weather right like i mean i i think well, yeah, I mean, I think that there's like half the people are like, they're just trusting the plan. And then there's yeah. other people who are like, we, we know, we actually kind of know what the deal, what the grift is here. Uh-huh. Right. And that those, those people will probably um, figure, I mean, they'll come to a head yeah. at some point, I think. 
You know, that, that's why I feel like the fundamental battle of our, of our time is going to be, it truly is a communism versus anti-communism battle. Absolutely. Uh, because communism, the, the communist states in the world are the only ones that have an actual plan for humanity, an yeah. actual an actual desire to see, to see this through and to raise, to not only save uh, the planet, but to also primarily to raise people's standard of living so that yeah. we can live through climate change. Yeah, but um, they're not settlers. Oh, right. <laughs> well, I mean, look, we need to stop the AAPI hate against China. <laughs> oh my God. Like, but they don't, no, nobody ever talks about that. They're like, we can be viciously anti-China. And somehow yeah. they're not, they're not AAPI enough. Yeah, that's. <laughs> they really gave up on that. Though. Yeah, they kind of that didn't last very long. No. Yeah, they were just like, yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I always think in my head is talking to people about who are like fuck communism, as I want to be like, well, you know, we've been in capitalism for a while now, and like before that, we were in something else, and you agree that like capitalism was like an improvement, right? it's like yes okay um well do you think we're going to be in capitalism forever or do you think history just stops here you know like well, yeah. we're gonna have do. to like move to something else well they sold people on history ending that's the thing mm-hmm. what's that they sold people on history ending that's the thing right um like if you remember you remember george hw bush like doing a speech I don't remember exactly when this was, but he was saying something along the lines of, we don't have to search for the right way to appropriate resources. We don't have to search for the right way to do governance. We've, 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 this is when the USSR collapsed. He was saying, you know, this proves capitalism is the right way. And it's like, you know, because you guys attacked like a, a country for like 50, 60 years, that that would that proves that capitalism is the right way. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like that even goes back like the Cold War is it's the same thing we're talking about right now. It's capitalism or rather anti-communism yeah. versus communism. And it's it's the most important thing is to see it in that lens. Like there's a lot of people who want to see everything through left and right. Yeah. And, and that's not, I mean, left doesn't mean communism. And, and that's something that everybody over the last couple of years in America should have learned outside of America left might very well mean communism. I don't know. I don't live outside of America, but in, in, America, at least the United States of America, left means this bizarre controlled uh, opposition that that is happy to like celebrate suicides and yeah. is um you know AOC wants to free Tibet. Yeah, <laughs> well, and they're primarily concerned with stuff like that, and and uh, you know everything we talked about. Uh, I mean, we've, all of the episodes we've done together, either on your podcast or on our podcast, have been in some way informed by criticism of degrowth. Yep. And 
if there's one thing I've learned over the course of this, it's that degrowth desperately wants, like everybody who's advocating for it, desperately wants people to think this is the left. This is what this is about. Like bringing down um, emissions, making the environment uh, quote unquote better, even though we don't really, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's inherently bad for capitalists to uh, to to do all those things. That it's self evident that capital. Yeah, it's exactly, and that's the left. That that is, despite the fact that there's clearly a business plan in place for basically, like I think we've identified the two main directions it could go, and it seems like either way it works out for capital. Yeah. Um. So. I mean, and even look at like the right wing people talking about the left now. They're all they see the left as the degrowth thing. Um, I was at Better Discourse uh, over this past thing. And and during that panel, um, like. I can't remember who said it. I think it was um, James Lindsay uh, said something about degrowth and he associated it with the left. Mm. And I, I. I can't remember. Uh, I know for a fact that in other panels, it was said as well. Like you can, you can see this sort of view that socialism equals degrowth. And that's not something that the left is resisting. They're embracing it. Yep. Um, yeah. And, and we need to see that as um, even if it's not ideologically pro-capitalism or pro-capital or pro-ruling class, um, the material effect is that that, that is what benefits like the ruling class benefits from all of this stuff. And I think that it's ultimately an ideology that even if it wasn't cooked up necessarily as part of the ruling class, and and I'm not asserting that it wasn't, I think that there's very like a decent chance that, you know, the limits to growth study, for instance, was, was commissioned by the club of Rome, which is a big Malthusian um, organization. Um, which I got weird pushback about when I said something about that recently. They're like, are you sure the club of Rome was Malthusian or is that oh just God. something the LaRouche org said? It's like, Oh my God. Uh, uh, no, no, no. They were pretty specifically a Malthusian org. They are um, They're still around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I, 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 when I think about the sort of aggregate, all of these things together, it's just, anti-communism and and in if if you want humanity to be the like if you want to focus on making the world better both environmentally and systemically for humanity you can't play into this sort of scarcity oriented ideology because it's 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 fake it's the stuff that we need we can do like yes. it's, it's scarcity oriented one it's it's material product at the societal level but it's also using individual prescriptions for systemic mm-hmm. problems mm-hmm. well i think that like a lot of the like lefty leftoid social like kind of faux socialist people um uh uh-huh. they they think, oh, well, you know, capitalism is the, the ultimate enemy and capitalism is about s- selling things. And that means growth and that means industry. 
And so why would they want degrowth? And they, I think the, the distinction and that you just said, Peter, is it, it's the ruling class, you know, this goes beyond just like, you know, right. The regular like capitalists who are trading in commodities. This is the, the ruling class who is like above that, you know, like yeah, it's, cap- it's imperialism. It's financial right. capital, monopoly it's, capital. Exactly. Right. Who controls, you know, the, the lower level capitalists. And at this point, the lower level capitalists are like, you know, well, they're becoming proletarianized. Yeah. Right. And exactly. And they're like more, they're becoming more aligned with us and, and they want growth. You know, we should see we, growth is good for all of us, you know, and the, one, the only people who don't want de- who don't want growth are the ones, the, the ruling class who are at the top you know, and uh, who, who don't need an, you know, economic growth because well, they, they they're don't already want- in charge, they're ruling. <laughs> they don't want the boat to rise. They don't want all the boats to rise with the tide. They want to keep their boat yes. <laughs> higher than everybody else's boat. Yeah, I, I read a good uh, analogy about this by in a book by William Tucker, who did a lot of really good environmental writing in the 70s about when this stuff was emerging. And he was saying that the environmental impulse, the environmentalist impulse in the 70s and up to now uh, is kind of an old money impulse hmm. where old money... You know, people that who's maybe their father or their grandfather made all the money like as an industrialist or something. Um, once you're once you're beyond that, you're not actually actively trying to make a fortune. You're old money, and you're like, okay, well, I have enough. It's not making me happier. I'm happy with like everything coming down, and like I don't value. I don't have an aspiration. I don't see the value in growth. I only see the value in shrinking, yeah. and people. There is an element, there, there are people in the middle class, especially the upper middle class, who relate to that um, because they think that aspiration and growth are um, unseemly or they, they make you look like yeah. you don't have class. You're a striver. Right. Yeah. Whereas the lower middle class um, is hungry to increase their material. You know, they, they know they're, they're close. They remember what it was like to maybe be even below middle class and uh-huh. hungry to like kind of raise their um, their their level of, uh, of prosperity, um, and those people are kind of their interests are opposed to that of an environmentalist, and that's yeah. th- that is the political alignment today is that the lower middle class is now the 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 base of the Republican Party or where that wing of capital wants you know small business growth and um is more interested in kind of you know that aspirational growth whereas the democratic party is more the party of the great reset and of degrowth um you know where we just have less and less i can't believe i mean they're both wings of the same economic system yeah of capitalism but what a stupid move for democrats to give populism and like human centric rhetoric to the Republicans. Yeah, I mean the way the book the way the book framed it was that the the lower middle class was part of the Democratic Party during as part of the Roosevelt coalition in mm-hmm. you know, the, the time of the New Deal when you know there was this this Bonapartist desire to take care of of the working man you know 
so to uh -huh. speak. Kind of, well, they kind of got away from that uh, in the 60s, yeah. 70s. Well, and then there's also kind of, you can think of the right wing as still idealizing the industrialist in a lot of ways too. Like, I feel like a lot of them still see uh, like people like Henry Ford uh, were like groundbreaking individuals who did something amazing in the world. And I think that the left sort of, I mean, it's, it, it's again, an ideological difference, but they are sort of just like they see this great man theory and they see how bad it is that we focus on how great that one white guy is <laughs> as opposed yeah. to uh, all of these other people who are passed over. And like, you can kind of draw a, an ideologically racial line there in some ways that feeds into the same dichotomy. So you, you probably have more than one ideology that's feeding this sort of um, left and right divide. That's ultimately like, I think in a lot of ways, a distraction. Um, it, it, it Like all of the people who are following the current right wing um, because the left wing is so anti-human sounding um, aren't following an idea or, or aren't they're following an ideology that sounds pro-human, but then like the people who are up in the higher echelons of that are ultimately like scarcity minded as well. Yeah. They're, they're not people who think like what we ultimately want to do in the end of this is um, take care of the human population. Right. Uh, I want to take care of me. Like that's, that's, it's, it's, it's like all the traditional criticism of capitalism applies to the upper echelons of the right, so to speak. It's the, it's the, the religion of me, the, the, all that, that kind of oriented stuff. And I think, um, understanding that the, the heads of, of, of these two different wings of capital ultimately don't have a solution for us. And, at the same time, you look at China and you see that they're building nuclear plants. They're intending to build over 160 of them by 2035. Wow. Um, yeah, which is a shitload of nuclear plants compared to how many have been built in the last, even like counting other countries. Uh, that is a lot of nuclear yeah. production. Um, and you see the... I mean, you can criticize the Chinese government all you want. There, there are things that they don't they do that I don't necessarily agree with, but they have absolutely brought many, many, many hundreds of millions of people out of poverty. We are in a situation where it might not be that that China is is endgame communism. It's not a stateless, classless society, but a communist party is running that country. And they're clearly making better decisions for humans there yeah. than anybody who is claiming that capitalism and ultimately defending imperialism in its, as a consequence of it is, is doing anything uh, along this. It's, it's telling people that they uh, either directly or indirectly that they should die. Like they are yeah. worthless. They have no reason to be here that they're, a useless eater or whatever. Yeah. Right. And in China's decision-making, those 
decisions are consistent with what these environmentalists purport to be advocating for. Yeah. The yeah. end game is going to be a better situation for both the planet and for people. Right. And and that just seems to be like, for some reason, morally repugnant to environmentalists. I don't know. That's the thing that pisses me off probably more than anything. I don't get it. To, don't they try to frame China in the West as like, like really bad about like meeting their mission, you know, goal? Uh, yeah. Conservatives do. Conservatives love to do that. I think My Jason, even Jason Hickel gives China credit for, oh, does like, he? for doing better per capita per for emissions or something like that. You know, and shout out, fuck Jason Hickel, though, but shout out to um, Char Char Darling on Twitter who said that uh, Xi Jinping is a better environmentalist than uh, Greta Thunberg. Yeah, totally. That was great. It's 100% true, too. Because, again, uh, like their plan, I mean, just just to move towards nuclear power aggressively is that's one of the biggest and best steps a developed country can take in terms of, of actually... Uh, impacting the environment positively yeah and the, the rail infrastructure but also the uh the belt and road initiative and just helping helping so many countries throughout the world um develop infrastructure that's going to help them survive climate change i think that they're even exporting i think with argentina they're going to build a nuclear plant in Ar- argentina uh through the yeah I, yeah i think that there's actually more than one country they, they intend yeah. to help build a I think there was a, at least one. Af- I think yeah. it was at least one African country that they were committed to that as well. And we're literally shutting our nuclear plants here. We're not. Not only are we not building new ones in the richest country in the whole entire fucking world, we're shutting our nu- our existing nuclear yeah. plants down. Yeah, and I'm- calling and calling it environmentalism yeah. when then <laughs> natural gas yeah. picks up the the baseload. Yep. Yeah, and, that, and that's why people are so depressed that they're like setting themselves on fire. Is that yeah. we have a completely irrational system here, and we're making terrible decisions, and it's going to take a lot of work to to turn around. It's going to take fifty years to undo the damage that has been done over the last fifty. And years. just imagine being like passionate about that stuff, seeing how hopeless it is, and thinking. And knowing like, well, we're in the most, you know, developed, advanced, richest nation in the world, and we can't get it right. I'm sure the rest of the world is probably even worse off than us. That's probably what like American environmentalists think. They're like, if we can't do it, man, they must be also not doing it. But they, what they, I don't think what they realize is that the rest of the world actually is kind of like figuring this shit out. Yeah. I mean, they're at least trying. Yeah. (laughs) Whereas we have our people who are, are trying to distract us they're trying to keep us away from you know again information like even just information on nuclear like they've done a lot to suppress that and make it so that people associate it with nuclear weapons and and like the propaganda is pretty bad here it is well the way that the ideological structure works too is that you have well-meaning communists celebrating like even people who i'm mutuals with celebrating this person yeah self-emulating really you know people who are celebrating it yeah well i don't i don't know them personally but like i see people that i follow being like nobody's talking about this hero (laughs) 
I'm so loud and obnoxious. I probably self-select out of people like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I've definitely done a lot of that over the last <laughs> couple of years. I, I maybe need to clean the TL. Yeah, you need to start dropping some. This guy is no hero. This is an unfortunate death. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta just yeah, not be afraid to do some spicy. See that that's you you two you like you're like oh you get engagement. I'm like yeah, cause I just like say shit. <laughs> that I know is people are gonna like <laughs> uh, I, I <laughs> react to. I don't know. I, I do want to say, I do want to say again that like self immolation is bad. And um, that's yeah. a PSA for yeah. space comedy. Yeah, and actually, yeah. Like, if you if you do feel if you find that you've been watching too many Extinction Rebellion videos, you think there's no hope. Help is available. Uh, you can call 1-800-273-8255. That is the actual National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Like, for seriously, like, what, a is, good, what a good guy. This is terrible. You know, like, no, it no, is. I'm it's terrible. genuinely horrific. Like, it is, yeah. it is, it's, it's, it's very disturbing. And it, it did, I mean, he did, it did accomplish that, that it, it like disturbed the hell out of me because, yeah, yeah. you know, th- this is what people, seeing people have no hope that are like well in themselves it's insane that's that's how it disturbed me though like it disturbed me like oh they killed a guy like that's kind of yeah. like how yeah. my my mental reactions oh these people uh depressed a guy to death yeah. yeah yeah i know right all these like all these leftists talk about how like being bullied and you know mental health and <laughs> yeah drove pe- drives people to suicide yeah i was just gonna bring that the thought slime tweet where caleb said um that thought slime is gradually killing his audience like making them by depressing them into killing themselves and he said not likely but possible apparently it's a little more likely than we thought yeah Uh, yeah i know and possible and possible i mean this is what people do when like a uh you know there's like a mad a a shooter or something like that or a a terrorist and they're like what what videos was he watching what did he post on his facebook before mm. he died before he did the yeah and and people look at it and they're like oh well these things are these things are problematic we should think <laughs> about this but for this person it's like oh well he was buddhist so we can't we're not gonna yeah. do that. you know it's, so that's badass that's a that guy's really like centered and like uh, it's the same neoliberal ideological identity-based structure that prevents people from questioning that justifying ideology of capitalism yeah, I, it yeah. works the same exact way i mean imagine if we treated muhammad ada this way and we we're like oh well you know he was muslim so it's all it's all good yeah no Wait, that's remind, a really good point because he, he, he flew one of the planes into oh he was, that's a really good point because <laughs> yeah like the, the, the you, you you pick one like uh uh, one religion as like a good religion and one religion is like a bad religion. We we're back to that. Well, like that's yeah. where we are here. I yeah. mean, I mean, if somebody killed themselves in, <laughs> in front of an abortion clinic, it was Christian. Yeah. This, the reaction would be very different. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They burned themselves to death in front of an abortion clinic and said that these are murders you're murdering babies. Yeah. yeah. And then everybody would be like, you're doing a fascist demonstration. Yeah. And they tell yeah. them to burn in hell. Yeah. They would say, this person is in hell right now. Yeah. 
if yeah. there is one. I don't mean to be all squishy, but like, you know, the people that were there, people were there that day, probably children saw. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, like yeah. smelling the, you know, burning flesh and all that. Like this was traumatizing. You know, somebody had to like, somebody had to pick him up and like carry him. You know, he, he died a day later. Like, you know, this is, it's, it's not harmless. This is not just like, oh, he just did it to himself. And that was it. Like, yeah, this was, well, that's what they like to, to paint it as too, because they try to, the ones that are pro this are, they, they, they make the, like even the Dalai Lama said something along these lines that it's not like a terrorist attack where other people are affected. It's, it's somebody who is simply um, using their own self as a demonstration. And in some ways, that could be considered one of the highest forms of that. And it's like, well, no, because this is now a, a corpse. This is now uh, somebody who's been burnt alive in a public square. This is now- Well, like, I wasn't joking about the pet thing either. No. And and like as a parent, like imagine being that kind of parent. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, his friends, his yeah, yeah, his friends and you think everybody fair. you think everybody's going around going, Well, he was a hero. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're not doing that. Like yeah, he probably had a funeral. Yeah. And and you and, think at the funeral they were like, he died doing what he loved. Well, like no. I mean, now they probably feel this obligation to like heed right. his message. Even if they are, they're probably like, Oh, don't need to. Greta Thunberg or whatever. Oh, I hope not. I hope that I hope that there's oh somebody at this funeral who is not who's just not taking that shit. Now this is that's horse shit. Back to the marketing angle. It's so fucking evil. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I, I hope that that is not how that. Well, they might went. feel obligated to. I know. I I, I get where you're coming it's from. It's a self fulfilling ideology. It is. Well, let's let's uh. On that note, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say we've really boosted the hope in the room. Yeah, <laughs> nuclear is good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. I know. I hate even like talking about it because yeah. I'm like we the we have if we're gonna talk about it. We have to condemn it like completely because I don't want this guy getting it. Like, yeah, I don't want this yeah. to become a thing where it's like you know what? Maybe he had a point. <laughs> No, he absolutely did not have a point. No, he had yeah. no points. This was a a he had no points. Murder. He had no no points. He had no hope. He had uh, nothing going on that apparently tied him to this this life, and it's it's just unfortunate as hell. Like they they have put people into this position where they feel like there's it's worth it to kill yourself for a cause and it's never it will never be yeah, that the best right. way that you can change the world is take yourself out of it yeah that's which what is, they want you to think yeah yeah best way you, you can change the world is to be connected to the people around you and to work together and to socialize your power and like overcome the you know oppression yeah. together absolutely <laughs> and it's going to take a lot of people and it's going to take a lot of people who understand that like things suck, but it's not worth like, or it is worth fighting for. Yeah. It is worth actually going beyond 
where you are in society right now, your atomized position where, where you're not talking to your neighbors or you're, you're not um, engaging in, you know, what matters in your community or engaging with a, a communist party or some form of organizing. It is all of these things. While you can't necessarily say like, just because I participate in some form of organizing, that means I'm, I'm bringing society to the next step. That's not necessarily true, but you have to be part of something larger, yeah. uh, not just for um, the sake of progressing society, but even for your own mental health. Like yes. you, you need community. You can't just have nothing. That is what this guy clearly had. Like, even though he had that guy who was talking about how, you know, he knew him, uh, he clearly didn't know him because he didn't talk about Buddhism. He didn't talk about environmentalism. He didn't talk about any of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. That was his, his, you know, secret real life clearly because it was the more important one because he killed himself over and, it. And the people in it, you know, who were, who were, that he, um, he knew were saying, Oh, they had no idea that he was thinking about doing this. Cause if they did, then they would have discouraged him to. And you said the word atomization. And, and I feel like this guy is like, this is the ultimate atomization. This is the ultimate, like I am one single dot and I'm just going to collapse within myself. And yeah, no, we need to, you need to connect to other people outside of yourself. It is not about going inward, you know, okay, do some self-work, clean your room and meditate. No, and whatever. it's fine. That can make you feel better. Yeah. But just feeling better is not enough. Right. There, yeah, exactly. There has to be more. It's a, the, the self, but also other people. <laughs> well, it's like it's the about. same thing with veganism. Like if somebody wants to be a vegan, I think they should be allowed to be a vegan. It's just yeah. that's, that's not a plan. That's not a way to stop the meat industry. It's, the, right. it's a way to uh, consume in basically a reactionary fandom market. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Also, I think with religion too, I mean, religion can be a wonderful way for people to connect to a higher purpose and to meet other people and um, to have some kind of spiritual grounding for your life. But when, if, if it's making you set yourself on fire, then something went wrong along the way. Yeah. Something went very, it, very wrong. His, yeah. pra his practice of Buddhism led him to be very isolated it sounds it sounds like if, if this is how it ended and you know i don't want to condemn i don't want to condemn like religion because i know uh, a lot of people i mean it's not for me i personally am not religious but i know it, it works for for some people that that uh, are even you know communists. didn't we just go to passover dinner at, uh your, your parents house? we did we wore, we wore yarmulkes you know uh yeah you know, it's, I mean, nice, it's nice. To I'm not religious either, but like, I don't shit on religion really. I mean, maybe sometimes a little bit in my personal life, but yeah, yes, you do. But <laughs> I'm not going to go out and, and find people who are religious and be like, you can't do this. This is dumb. You're a moron. You need to, because, because, you know, it's not within the walls of my home. Well, it's yeah, not. It's that's an individual decision. Exactly. Like I, I can't go out and tell somebody just how to live their life. That's not what I'm advocating for as a communist either. So uh, like the fact that this is where it's come to is, I mean, just more, and, and, and we should have seen this coming too. 
in all honesty, like in terms of where the logic takes us, like we've been talking, it's not like the people who are present right now haven't been talking about overpopulation rhetoric and, and degrowth and where it leads. It's not shocking that it's landed here, but like, we also kind of have the solution in just an ideology, a goal, uh, a material goal that goes along with, you know, maybe an ideological goal of just a better life. You know, like there is no reason not to want a better life. There's no reason that anybody in the world can't want that. It's a good thing to want. Yeah. And, and it doesn't have to be at the cost of somebody else or somebody or something else. It, it, it can be uh, different than it is now. Mm. And there's no reason to not pursue that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. That's a good way to think about it where people think that it, it has to just stay this way and you, there's no room to reconfigure things so that yeah. we, so that it's win-win, which is what China does, which is what, you know, these, these progressive communist countries are doing. It's win-win. It's not win-lose. It's not competition. It's cooperation where everyone wins. And that is and possible. They, and it's, and if they weren't under siege, they probably would be acting a little bit differently in terms right. of the things that everybody hates about China or, or thinks they, I don't even know how much of it is going on truthfully, because obviously we saw the Uyghur thing play out in a manner that that was a massive amount of propaganda. Yeah. But I mean, a country that's under siege by the rest of the imperialist world, like the, the West, it's, it's going to act differently than if, like, everybody was just working towards the same goal. Yeah. Right. You've been listening to the Space Commune podcast. I'm Fox. I'm Alex. And today we've been talking to Peter and Miss Astronaut Cowboy Space Commune Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I included, I, I rolled you into our name too. Yeah, you got the branding going. <laughs> the, uh, Peter and Miss ACD of the Pact podcast. Yeah. And um, we've That's been. us. <laughs> We've been tossing it up about uh, the usual degrowth and <laughs> we're all obsessed with this shit. We can't get enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's our beat. That's like our, um, that's our uh, moneymaker. That's, right? our, that's our corner. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's our grift. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's how we're making all the money is resisting the, the primary narrative that's been accepted by the, so-called left yeah. <laughs> a lot of money in that yeah so much so much money in in resisting the capitalists the ngos and the individuals who are brainwashed by them <laughs> <laughs> well dear do you want to like plug like stuff that you're like w- do you have anything coming out soon or i got the cancel culture dot coming soon 
Cool, cool. When can what? When are when can we expect that? Look for that on the very important documentaries channel on YouTube. <laughs> it's in. Um, it's probably within the next month. I'm gonna. I'm almost done editing all of the motion graphics, and I'm gonna film it. Um, the filming of it won't take nearly as long as the rest of everything has. It's been really a big one because I did the book first, and I expected kind of to put out the book and then maybe like within the following month, put out the doc. And as it turns out, uh, when you do this stuff and you make everything it, like an hour in length, it's in order to do it at a certain quali quality, it takes a single person forever. Well, it was a great plug. Uh, I did a good job with that. <laughs> I mean, Hope everybody's excited now. Do you guys, you guys want to plug stuff? yeah just just come go to youtube.com slash packed pod or packedpod.com to watch or listen Patreon. yeah send us super chats on our streams on sunday nights at 7 p.m yeah yeah 